Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we test our might with Mortal Kombat! And we are psyched to talk about how Kano, Liu Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and a host of other franchise favorites dismember each other in a host of insanely graphic ways. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, listeners, to our 107th episode of Pops and Box Office Swaps, presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. Tonight, in the third of our HBO Max specials, we are indeed bathing in the blood of our enemies with the gortastic, hard-R, violence extravaganza, Mortal Kombat. And, quite frankly, it's the movie this franchise has deserved for 30 years. As a reminder, we're going to be doing other HBO Max streamers uh, currently we're looking at Space Jam, Suicide Squad, Dune, and The Matrix, so look forward to those. Now, for tonight, in round one of Mortal Kombat, I am no longer the Thunder's Wizard. I am Sub-Zero. And along with me are the pod's resident Johnny Cage, Captain Cash. I want to make it clear that if we get in a fight, my first move is to splits and punch you in the dick. That is that is move one. Just remember, there's no thing as getting dirty. There's fighting to win and that quote the thunderous wizard and uh you learn that from brian cox in uh the long kiss goodnight always go for the ball shot if possible surefire way to win move one ball shot wait right in the dick was johnny cage trained by brian cox from the long kiss goodnight there's a distinct possibility for another pod moving on uh we've also got shang soon's collection of souls mostly the bad ones chumpzilla your soul belongs to me. Uh, Kano's equally foul-mouthed cousin, Mayor McCheese. I'll take that shout-out, because he was the best part of this movie. And the meat of the pod. Yes, there was a character in Mortal Kombat strictly called Meat. Uncle Beef! Finish him. Wait, is that before or after the soul-sucking? That's how you know the soul-sucking's over. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's also one of the lines from one of Johnny Cage's earlier movies. (laughs) Oh, when he he was Dirk Diggler? Yeah. When he was billed as Johnny Wad. But that's a story for another day. Okay, yeah. Points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? You can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Uh, Mayor McCheese? I am at HBOF McCheese on the Twitter. Uh, Chumpzilla. You can find me being a soul-sucking jerk on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. How does that distinguish you from the rest of Twitter? That's a very good question, but I was making a Beck joke, so I'd like to think that elevates me a bit. Fair mm, enough. Maybe. Mm. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Uncle Beef, but I believe people can find you in the Penguin's Lair in Gotham <laughs> City. <laughs> Correct. The bank in the sewers. Bat fiends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this movie is available to stream on HBO Max and it is also in theaters around the world. I believe 50% of cinemas 
in the U.S. are now open. I, having received both vaccines, saw this movie in theaters. That's right, Mortal Kombat is the first movie I've seen on the big screen since 1933's King Kong in March of 2020. It's been a long road. Yeah, me and uh, Uncle Beef saw this like eight hours ago in the cinema, and they sell alcohol, so we uh, we definitely boozed hard for Mortal Kombat. If you buy more than one ticket, you get entire rows to yourself, which was nice. Oh yeah, we learned that. If you buy if you buy four tickets, you get the whole row. <laughs> and and when Mayor McCheese is drinking IPAs, you need the whole row. <laughs> you're gonna want that row. You're, you're gonna want some cushion. Uh, so tonight, to celebrate the uh, the fact that we have returned to theaters and that we finally got an R-rated Mortal Kombat movie, we are drinking Stone Cold Steve Austin's. That's right, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the great Steve Austin, his Broken Skull IPA. Uh, it's a fitting name because some uh, bones are broken in this film. Uh, I, I love Stone Cold, but I'm going to have to ding him a point here because he's currently on the radio pitching Tide Cold Wash. Ouch. Uh, but, I, I mean, listen, oh, guy, dude's got to eat. Who's Come he on. doing that with? Uh, he doesn't That's need a... to eat that badly. Yeah, he, he, he... step up from dick pills, so I'm not judging. Hey. That's hey, the lowest it. bar possible. Wrestlers it, have hustles, man. It's iced tea, I think. Yeah, it is. It's iced <laughs> tea. You're right. Stone Cold Steve Austin for no slip carpets. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen, your buddy Icky Woods was selling meat door to door. Don't don't hate on a guy for making some money. I'm, I feel like the natural synergy though is some kind of like refrigerator or freezer. I don't eh. air conditioners. Air conditioners. There it is. Bingo. William Perry already has that that market yeah. locked down. <laughs> I, really... do see, I do want to see. I do want to see. Bo Jackson was selling pies for a while. Well, I want to see. The, I want to see the fly on the wall camera of when the Procter and Gamble people showed up at Stone Cold's Mountain Cabin, and they're like, "We got an idea." Steve uh, Austin. You mean when they showed up pots. and the first guy died because he set off the trip mine? <laughs> you know that opening scene in Commando, right? Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. It was Stone Cold exactly. and Ice T feeding each other ice cream, and then the the guys showed up like, "We've got a pitch for you." <laughs> The fourth guy in the stack refers to him as the key master, and he's like, you're cool. Come on in. Yeah, come on. Come to the back shed where I keep all my guns and deer heads. <laughs> oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the Broken Skull IPA clocks in at a almost Captain Cash approved 6.7 ABV. Uh, it has now expanded its distri- distribution. It comes from El Segunda Brewing. So if you go to their website, it may be available by you. It just recently came... Available in more Midwestern areas. So maybe it's there, maybe it's not. Um, I left my wallet at Nelson Gundo. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a fantastic Tribe Called Quest song, just saying. It is, you're right. Uh, the beer, which is not a Tribe Called Quest song, features Citra Cascade and Chinook Hops to deliver a Stone Cold Stunner to your taste buds. And that is a compliment uh, because I like this IPA quite a bit. And I would say... I would give it easily two and a half to three bad movies, but nice Up, uppercuts. Yeah, I would sweep until they learn to block the sweep, and then I would move on to the uppercuts, and then maybe the low punch, which is always a class, classic maneuver. Yes, the repeated low punch timed perfectly. 
Okay. So let's get to the particulars of the movie since I was the only one who could get this beer. Uh, and I do recommend that you get it if you can find it. Uh, Mortal Kombat was directed by Simon McCoy. Uh, this is his big break. This is his first movie. He has no credits on IMDb aside from one other thing other than this. But he was a very prolific commercial director, which we'll talk about in the quiz because that is one of the questions. Uh, Mortal Kombat stars Lewis Shatterstar Tan as Cole Young. That's right. He was Shatterstar in Deadpool 2. You've got Jessica I Took on the Meg. McNamee as Sonya Blade. Uh, Josh, ain't you a fucking beauty? Lawson as Kano. Joe, I'm a badass and everything, Taslam as Sub-Zero, and he is a legit badass. He was on the Indonesian judo team for 12 years. The guy is awesome. He's in the raid and a bunch of other cool stuff. I'll talk about that later as well. Uh, you've got Makad Eggs Brooks as Jax. We just keep getting these True Blood alumni on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the rat phrase later. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. Get down. Uh, you've got Hiroki, the Twilight Samurai Sonata as Scorpion, absolute legend. I say maybe the best part of this movie, well, if not super close. He and uh, I think Sub Zero and are I could watch those two guys fight from here to eternity. It's they're awesome. Uh, there's a host of other characters from the game, so I'll go through it pretty quick. You've got Melina, played by Sissy Stringer, her first movie, so awesome for her. You've got Ryko, Nathan, I had a baby brother, Jones, who you'll recognize because he's gigantic and bald. That's his thing. He's gigantic and bald. He was rictus erectus. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Kung Lao, which is played by Max Wang. You've got Cabal, Daniel Nelson, Liu Kang, Ludi Lin. He was one of my favorites in this movie. Raiden, played by Toranabu Asano. Yeah, Thor of the Dark World. Yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, Shang Tsung who's played by Chin Han, who's Lao from The Dark Knight. I mean, they even put Natara in this movie, who's played by Mel Yarnson. Can you really say that they put Natara in the movie? I mean, yes, she is there yeah. for, what would you say, charitably two minutes? She's uh, about 13 <laughs> flaps of the wing. Hey, man, that screech is a big turn on. <laughs> She's there to be ogled at by Shang Tsung and to die. And yep. uh, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler because we're going to get into spoilers as we discuss the plot, but don't get too attached to the villains. I just, <laughs> I want to take a sec to address the villains that they bring in are such jobbers. Like, it's so bad. Uh, it's total job squad, and me and Uncle Beef were talking about it. These, <laughs> these people, these people were brought here to die. They, they, this is stage setting one one. Yeah, but the biggest like, yeah. disappointment is you, you, you've lumped Goro into that group. Well, Hell, yeah. I mean, Hell Snow's head is suing for for <laughs> the job copyright squad. infringement. There, yeah. It, that and I'm actually pissed they killed off Cabal because he they did an amazing job with Cabal in this. <laughs> yeah, no, costume is sweet. He they nailed him, but he was a few beefy leg parts away from being one of those duck people in the fifth element. Oh he's right, yeah. That's like the proto the proto good guys. I just know, you know, I like how they were like vaudeville voice. Hey you use guys. I know this Kano Mook. It's, it's it's so out of nowhere and no one else sounds like it in the movie. Why was he the only one from a cartoon? They're like, hey, 
Yeah. Uh, the, he was the, basically the sound Deadpool. design. The sound design work on his voice was not great. It it like stuck out. Like it. I mean, it felt like it was fair. from a different. Let show. me ask you a question, Shankson. Was Kano <laughs> down there? <laughs> Complete he's asshole. He's like a Ninja Turtles villain. Yeah. Or <laughs> Shaq from a cartoon. Up your nose to the rubber hose. They are all from a cartoon. Cabal just knows that he's in a cartoon. That's the difference. Hey, where are we shooting yeah, this thing? Is this like a CGI movie or what? Come on, guys. Scumbag there named Kano? <laughs> uh, so we don't have definitive numbers because this just came out, but I will say it opened really strong to $22.5 million in the U.S. That's the uh, first place for the weekend and the second largest opening of the pandemic. And it has grossed over $50 million worldwide. Uh, it sits at 55% on Rotten Tomatoes with 181 reviews, which is good for a video game movie. I think that blows almost all of them out of the way. And considering way back in the day, I did uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation with uh, my old buddy, the Irate Lover. That was a 2%. 2%. 2%. And this movie only cost $55 million. So I think we're going to get a sequel. It's a safe bet. Could 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 Mortal Kombat be the highest grossing video game movie since Mortal Kombat? I think no, it's, Res, I, Resident Evil exists and that thing cleans no, up. I think it's going to have trouble because Sonic made quite a bit. I think it was over 400 worldwide. And this still is dealing with limited theater availability. So, so, so what you're saying is, given the factors, yes. <laughs> I think it would have made a lot of money, put it that way. It would have made... Yeah. For $500 million if it got a real release. Can't wait till it comes out in Omnimax 3D. And okay. I'll add that at $55 million, that's relatively cheap. And I don't think they spent a ton on marketing for this. It's clear, that, zero. it's clear that they did not spend a lot of marketing for any of these things that were getting a simultaneous release on Max because they started the marketing campaigns like a month out for all of them. And some yeah. they spent almost nothing. Because the studio didn't want to promote them. Thanks a lot, Warner Brothers. Jerk-offs. That's a tale for another time, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, how would you guys describe this movie in one sentence? We'll start with our guest, Uncle Beef. This is an uppercut straight into the pit. If you're ready for a fatality, you got it, brother. That's true. This movie is bloody. Uh, I saw a lot of small children at my screen, and I was like... Were you, not, were you not aware of what this was going to be, or or what? It was the it was the worst parenting choice since I went to see the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and there was like a three and a half year old sitting in front of me. I was like, "What are you well, doing?" Well, when you say when you say numerous small children, are you talking like eight year olds or like? What uh, age range? I'm talking like five, six. What? Oh no! Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh my god! No. I mean. I, I, you let him watch. I understand, like you let Daryl you know, watch. I wanted to watch. I, I wanted to watch some people's heads get smashed, but I wasn't gonna be like, "Come on, kid, let's go. <laughs> Come on, you're coming. I'll get you some fries. Just sit there." Also, also to lump a comment on Uncle Beef's description, there were at least three times when we were watching it where I'm like, "They're fighting over the pit, right?" I was so excited for someone to get thrown oh, and uppercut into the pit. Listen, oh, the wooden the wooden board over that small area when they were in the temple. Oh man, they they were totally teasing it. Yeah, I really, they really wanted were. there to be a pit. Of course, they were saving it, I guess, for the tournament, which never happens. 
<laughs> Spoiler, sorry. Uh, For the sequel, man. Yeah, uh, Mary yeah, that, Cheese. That, how would you describe it? In, yeah, that links into my one sentence. This is Mortal Kombat, <laughs> uh, episode one. Yeah, uh, Captain Cash. You uh, you plan on having Mortal Kombat in your Mortal Kombat movie, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Chumpzilla. 2021's Mortal Kombat starts off with fatality, flirts with a brutality, but ultimately ends with a babality. Babality. Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, so mine is holy shit, guys! They recycled the animality MacGuffin from Annihilation, but made it something not from the game and gave it a dumber name. Because that's what, what name the, did they give it. The Arcana is not from the game. And it's oh, the okay, exact thing that uh, the racist depiction of Nightwolf tells Liu Kang he must do to win in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He must find his animality. When you say <laughs> the racist depiction of Nightwolf, you repeat yourself, sir. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a rapper. Look him up on Spotify. What, really? Yep. <laughs> do, does he rap under the name Nightwolf? Oh, no, he's oh, got a different name. Was it, was it Vega from Chung Lee? Nope. No, no. He's much better than that guy. Black Holy guy cow, he's Sean Paul. <laughs> no. He's Post Malone. Give me the animality. Uh, Swiss beats. <laughs> so the actual description of this movie is MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Again, IMDb, that's not true. Nope. So, yeah, that's not even close to right. Cole Young doesn't seek out anybody, and mostly he is just annoying throughout the entire you know what, He's he actually sought along. out by literally everyone. Yeah, you know what Cole Young does? He looks confused, <laughs> and then he says, like, he delivers dramatic lines as if he's never read them before at all. That's what he does throughout the movie. Yeah, and his whole thing <laughs> is, like, he's the family man. He's connected to his family. It doesn't really work, but there's enough there that you understand what they're trying to tell. They you. don't even seem like his family. I mean, okay. we we weren't sure until the point when they the the Sub Zero showed up for the first time that the girl that's his daughter. We thought it was his just his little sister. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yes, it's yeah. not clear that's his daughter at all. But yeah, we were we were in the theater trying to figure out the age range where I'm like, she's probably 14, he's 28, so he had that kid when he was 14. <laughs> the, the, the situation came to my head when the woman that kissed him, and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that his sister? It, yeah, like, it, oh, you no, cannot that's his tell. mom or something, or wife? And we're like, what? The the IMDb description should be who wants to watch Lewis Tan do acting classes in real time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get to the plot. We're going to go through it pretty quick, but here's your spoiler warning. Obviously, we already spoiled a couple of things, but if you didn't know that the bad guys were going to die in Mortal Kombat, um, I don't and know. And some of the I, good guys. I don't know what to tell then you. Then you're a weak, pathetic fool. <laughs> Uh, so we begin in feudal Japan. Bihan, who is Sub-Zero, that's Jotasm, comes to murder Hanzo Asashi, who is Scorpion, played by Hiroka Sonata, and his family in 1617. He wipes their clan from existence, exterminating his bloodline. That's his, that's his big plan. Um, this act is really central to the overall plot, and it might be interesting if they didn't bludgeon you he- over the head with that. If it's getting ever- cold in here. 
ever a movie overpromised and underdelivered on its premise, it is this fucking film. Because the first eight minutes of this movie fucking rule. It is balls to the wall, fucking ninja fights. It's awesome. It's fantasy ninja fight. It's great. I fucking love this. Hiroyuki Sonata, as we said, he's awesome. He's awesome in everything. Watch any movie he's in, except for Rush Hour 3. And he's awesome. Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in, like go rent The Last Samurai. Like He's incredible in The Last Samurai. But he's incredible in uh, Wolverine. But he's incredible in The Twilight Samurai. But he's like super legit. These are the best fight scenes because they let him and Joe Taslam fight. They let them do the choreography. They don't do all these stupid camera tricks. They fight. And if you to watch... quote another actor from The Last Samurai, let them fight. Yeah. If you watch the one of the featurettes on HBO Max, uh, Simon McCoy will actually, like, says, like, these two guys are just incredible. And Joe Tazen was so fast and so good, he had to be, they had to ask him to slow down because other people couldn't keep up with what he was doing, aside from Hiroki Sonata, who is one of the other, like, he's that legit. They're like, listen, dude, you got to slow it down a notch. Sort of like when we talked about Lethal Weapon 4 and Jet Li. Yeah, the Jet Li problem. Like, he's a special type of martial artist. They, and It's crazy. Those fights are insane. And the movie opens so strong. So, so strong. What do you mean? I, like, special type of martial artist? Like, he's he's got specific things he does? Or he's special, like, he's just, like, a level above? He's like, just, really yeah, good. he's, like, a level above. Because, as I said, like... Joe Taslam was on the Indonesian judo team, like the national judo team, for over a decade. That shows you how bland judo is in the Olympics and the international (laughs) stage. But he's a badass. Uh, So we then flash forward to Cole Young, that's Louis Tan, who's essentially just a human punching bag, which this is really like sort of dumb. Like he has to find out how to fight well again. It's like, no, this dude probably has brain damage by now. He gets beat up every week for 200 bucks. Like, come on. He clearly has CTE. Brain damage after that he one He thinks his fight. little sister is his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> in, this, in this scene, we were discussing in the theater, like, is his superpower he doesn't get injured? Because he gets the absolute shit kicked out of him, and then he goes, takes a hot shower, and he has no bruises or cuts. Well, well that? You know, like Wolverine. Like... <laughs> no, no, no. He, he literally got like forty elbows into the same spot in his head, and then he's like dabbing his face with a towel, and he's like, "Let's, let's, let's go to Sonic." Like, what was that? <laughs> no, I'm cool. Perfectly fine. D- Dad, you were bleeding like profusely. Are you sure you're all right? I said I'm fine. <laughs> it was several ports. Yeah. Well, let's come on. Let's go get a blizzard. After being approached by Jax and then pursued by the merciless Sub-Zero, Young embarks on a quest to find the others with a dragon marking like his, which he thinks is just a birthmark, but it's actually a golden ticket to participate in Mortal Kombat! The tournament to decide the fate of Earthrealm. Jax then goes on to get his ass kicked by Sub-Zero and disappears for roughly the next 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, another question here. Um... They just blase past what happened. He gets dropped down that open shaft, and then no one comes and gets him. He just kind of hangs out in the ether for the next half hour. Yeah, well, I, no, I feel it's like implied later that uh, Liu Kang comes. Liu Kang found yeah. him. You're all underselling the fact that what Sub Zero does to him is freeze his arms off. 
completely. Well, he freezes his arms and then smashes them off. Yeah, yeah. so pretty brutal, pretty graphic. Oh, yeah. And to I mean, your point, Captain Cash, at this point, the movie is still maintaining a certain level of, like, violence and pacing. I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. Like, this, this is going to be all right. Because that Sub-Zero introduction scene where he causes the snow and then he like slams down the ice no that whole thing was great i I enjoyed the visual effects i like he literally freezes the shotgun and as the pellets expand toward his face he's freezing them mid-air that was a clever use of his powers captain that's cool but the scene where he shows up and freezes a, a one square block of an entire town and then throws snowballs at everyone willy-nilly, and some dude, like, eats one right in the throat and, like, goes down, like, gets toast. And then the guy he's trying to get is sitting there, like, half-eating, like, a hamburger, and he's like, oh, stuff's going on out there. I I better, like, square up. Like, why didn't he just do that slowly and then sneak up and go icicle in your head? No, he threw yeah. snowballs at the entire town, but not this guy that he wanted to hit. Because if he did that, we wouldn't have a movie. We, uh, that's not true. Cole Young serves no purpose in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like We don't uh, need him, really. It, that's a very good point. Uncle Beef has an excellent point, too, that if you also couple this all with the fact that he does not finish Jax off, it kind of looks like Sub-Zero is a pretty not-so-great assassin. He tends not to actually kill the people he's trying to kill. After he killed Scorpion. Uh, that's not fair. He did kill Scorpion. He just sent him to sit in hell for a while, where apparently when you're in hell, you get to come back as long as something something very convenient By the way, happens. So uh, we're, we're, we're in we're like rarefied air here. How many movies does the good guy go to hell? Like, seriously? He was the good guy. Where, where does where, where does Sub-Zero go if he dies? Is there like a double hell? Cold hell. Cold hell. Yeah, colder yeah. hell. <laughs> You're in cold also, hell. also known yeah, as Dairy it's Queen. Minnesota. Uh, oh, shit, Sub Zero would probably love cold hell. Maybe not cold hell. He definitely goes to Gary, Indiana. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of That's, eternity. I, I'm sorry, that was the most Gary. absurd thing in the movie is that Jax is like, you gotta get to Gary, Indiana. Like, get wait a minute. Gary, nobody, nobody has ever wanted to be in Gary, Indiana ever. <laughs> I think that was like the worst ad lib ever. There's no way that was in the script. One of my pet peeves in movies is when you're in a moment of crisis and one of the characters goes, you gotta get to this address. And the guy's like, cool. And then he gets there and it's not like, I'd be like, dude, you gotta, you gotta text me. I'm not, I'm not gonna remember that. Like, hold on let me write that down yeah, like what my hand. i've never been to indiana can, North you, can you drop a pin please excuse me I, I, yeah i'm sorry if some random dude tells me i need to get to a trailer in gary indiana I, i'm probably not gonna go at that point do you think he's trying to kill you because i do yeah, like, I, I, I sort of feel this is set up for a murder like no no i'm cool so lloyd you christmas know. got beat up in that bathroom and dumb and dumber Listen, listen, just just get to Gary, Indiana, and we're going to unlock your arcana. Uh, yes. Is this a sex oh, thing? This feels like a sex thing. I fell for this on Craigslist once. Never again. <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this, is, this is the part that's out of line when you're trying to get your sister wife away from the ice maniac. Uh, so, <laughs> so as we said, Young sets, <laughs> Young sets out to find Sonya. <laughs> Uh, nice maniac. Uh, 
By the way, Cole's unique to this movie. Cole Young, uh, he was created for the movie. <laughs> He's something. <laughs> uh, he does find Sonya Blade, who in turn introduces him to Kano, who is shackled up and immediately becomes the best part of the movie. Yep. We get an exposition dump about the origins of Mortal Kombat, and then a fairly cool fight with Reptile. I enjoyed and, the Reptile fight. I well, thought it was, I, mean, I thought it was pretty sweet. The Reptile fight ends in the most appropriate way, which is the classic Kano heart rip. Which, mwah, well done. I like the fact that they tell Kano, like, use the flare and he stabs it into his back. And then they can track where the invisible reptile is moving. I thought that was really freaking cool. Yeah, McCheese and I were debating whether reptile would show up as a just person in green garb, a reptile humanoid, or like a reptile like the original he knew ahead of time but uh, i think that was the best way to do it it was nice nod but it worked well for the film yeah i i like the design it also gives you the possibility since you know we've already said we're doing spoilers there's there's four more of these things coming it gives you the opportunity to bring back reptile in another movie if you want to this is also your first big indication that if you like the villains you're shit out of luck because they just say his name and then he goes and gets murdered. They're like he's given more development in the 1995 film where you come to realize like he's this errand boy for Shang Tsung or whatever. He just straight up goes and gets murdered, and that's pretty much what happens with the villains. It's like, hey, what's your name? Uh, doesn't matter. We're not going to know you that well, so doesn't matter. Why, don't you, why don't you get in this ring with these these yeah. amateurs? Are you hammer guy? Kill? Your hammer guy, cool. I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna throw this out there. Are we experiencing some like triple Deke level Ryan Johnson subversions where the villains lose repeatedly and you're actually surprised by it? I think that's probably giving the movie a little too much credit. Yeah. Um, I, I the thing about Reptile that I was kind of confused by is that. They have Sub-Zero already on the board hunting people down. But then Shang Tsung's like, oh, I need to send in more assassins. Send in the reptilians. It's like, I kind of feel like you've already got your big gun on the board. And now you're just sending out some, like, goon squad cannon fodder. I'm like, if the big dude can't do it, what do you think the weird, like, lizard people can do it? Like, they don't seem to be... We just mentioned that Sub-Zero clearly can't finish the job. He does 75% of the job and then gets distracted and leaves. Well, yeah, uh, make I, a good point. Did you yeah. finish him? I almost <laughs> finished him. I tore his arms off. I say I I tore his arms off. Yeah, I'd like Nearly. to blame Sub-Zero for that. He literally froze a dude's arms off and dropped him three stories onto concrete. If you're comparing it to your litmus test of the first seven minutes in that scorpion stabs a dude in the head and then flips him over and breaks his neck as a just in case. Scorpion doesn't mess around. That's the, uh, the medieval equivalent of the double tap. Yeah. When, yeah. when that when that happened in the theater, I was like, oh, man, this is great. You want to make sure he's extra dead, not just knife in the head dead, but like knife in the head. It went out the back of his skull. And he's <laughs> like, well, hold on, back. hold on. I got to be completely sure. Yeah, he might have some yeah. spasms left in him with that knife in him. I really just got to got to stop the nerve conduction. As oh, best no, he, he's still twitching. 
Let he might see. have a second quarter in his pocket and yeah. may be able to continue. I can't let this happen. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you always get two lights. You cannot rule that out. Yeah. Okay, so with the pesky lizard heart still beating in Kano's hands, the trio set off for Raiden's Temple. This is where the next clues about the mythical tournament await. Again, there's more backstory here on the origins where the of the fuck tournament. Where the they go? To Raiden's Temple. Yeah, where is that? On a, on a soundstage in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> like Los because... Angeles, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think it's like in, like, like Iowa. And like plus, they... the, I like how there's nothing there, and the plane drops him 30 clicks away. <laughs> I know! <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like... That was hilarious, like, though. Kano is clearly somehow involved, right? Because he's like, oh, thanks for flying here, Kano. Fuck off, I'm going to get out of this plane. And so they're in Australia because the pilot's Australian. Like, no, no, they're they're no, somewhere in Asia. Like, somewhere yeah. in Asia, uh, like, like yeah, like the Arabian Peninsula or like like northern Africa. Well, it fucking and, and kill like, them to give me an establishing shot. That's all I'm trying to say. Wait, you know, if all the movies that we've seen that would have had like subtitles or like the location captions like i totally expected that just to be like tibet you know yeah. whatever yeah something but they're just like, well, they're generic generic uh you know desert and i'm sorry but the whole gag with uh we can't uh, kano can't read the sat nav like the gps like seriously like like i mean i get it it's, it's no. a joke but... the, the gag is he's so, mostly so full he's of shit okay. and he'd been there once and he has no idea where it is he has a vague description and location of where it is, but he doesn't know. That's why they're walking in the wrong direction. That's also why he's like, oh, we have 25 clicks. Eh, better say 28, make it safe. Eh, over 30. That's the joke. He doesn't know where he is. I didn't realize Kano was in Blues Brothers. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I hate Illinois this, outworlders. I like the I like <laughs> the whip the hats out of my victims. Back in beauty. All right, so yeah, the scene where Kano hides in a car, like, and his face just pops out of the ashtray. Mwah. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting when he was inside the plane, and they're like, "We got to jump." He's like, "I'm inside the cockpit." Like, what? Uh, this is way too much Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, for one thing, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> you, you meet Liu Kang. He finds him in the desert. He brings him to Raiden's temple. Then we get the rush of introductions to people. You get Kung Lao. You get Raiden. The Thunder God, um, of course. Sooner thereafter, the villains show up. But really, this is all about them having to learn what's special about them inside and finding their arcana to become the warrior they need to be to win Mortal Kombat. I just want to point out this is the first scene in the movie where I started to get concerned because the introduction of Liu Kang out in the desert was just so cheesy. Like in the green screen work and the shots of him and the silhouette and all that, I'm like, oh, oh no, oh, this movie just tried to. I think it just tried to take itself seriously and get cinematic, and it was just bad. You cannot trash a thing about the guy who played Liu Kang. He was perfect as Liu Kang. Now you can trash Uh-oh. the training montage and everything that happens with the no. stupid abilities. Do not talk about Liu Kang that way. The actor's fine. I'm just saying that scene, his introduction scene in the desert, was my first like, uh oh. Oh no, this this could go bad. Where where are we going with this? And in fact, it probably would have if Kano wasn't there to crack Harry Potter jokes and make it all okay. 
Why was Luke Kang just waiting out there? He was just like kicking around in the desert, like on the, on the off chance that like those people showed up at that moment. And he's like, oh yeah, I've been waiting for you. I'm right here. And then he leads them in the opposite direction in which they were walking. And that's when you get Kano looking at the, the satin nav and he flips it over like, oh, oops. Like anyway, but no, like seriously, I could almost see the, the pitch meeting guy going like, so wait, why is he in the desert? I don't know. Just for reasons. Okay, great. Let's not forget that two times later in the movie, we discussed with Raiden that he can lightning teleport anyone anywhere. So we could have done this a lot faster instead of having them wander their asses around the desert. And earn it. Yeah. <laughs> when when he needs to get people in an exact precise location, he does. Shang Tsung as well. Like, why didn't you just put him inside the ice cream store and he could have just murdered the guy straight away instead of putting him six blocks away where he's like, oh, shit, I got to walk right. over there. Why but, didn't he teleport Sub-Zero away every time he showed up to kill the people who had no idea that he was showing up to kill them? Well, we also have rules here, and they're not supposed to touch each other somehow. Well, rules are, are, are there, rules. There's no rules. And then there there's are none. rules that are made in Play-Doh and mashed into pieces. I believe <laughs> the rules are Shang Tsung and Raiden can't touch tips, because if they do... <laughs> That's called docking. <laughs> Hold on. Mortal Docker! Is that the Manchester Exchange? Anyway. um, No. So, better question. When um, Sub-Zero half finishes Jax, why doesn't he, like, flag him and have Shang Tsung, like, teleport him back to Outworld to we, we can't get de- We can't go down this rabbit hole. No, he, he had a hitchhike like John I'm, Rambo I'm, did. Again, like, if you think about any of the things that are happening in this movie, you're going you're gonna to get a headache. A lot of it's very Give stupid. Me a lift. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving uh, on. So, and I'll flat out say, like, to Chumzilla's point, like, the movie kind of falls apart for like 35 minutes here, like where they're just sitting around training. And the one guy, Cole, is just a mopadope. Oh, I, I can't find my arcana and I suck. Blah, blah, blah. And Kano <laughs> just makes jokes and he still rules. And then uh, Shang Soon shows up and it's like, like, what the fuck movie are you in? And it's, it's all so absurd for a while. And it's like, can we start watching people die, please? I don't know. No, no see. But this is perfect for the first movie back because this allowed me to go to the bathroom and buy another round of drinks in the theater and miss all of this nonsense. Yeah. And uh, I'll add a comment here because I think, um, you know, to <laughs> Uncle Beef's point earlier about Rain Johnson subverting expectations, I found it very entertaining that Kano got his Akuna Matata first. Um, <laughs> Because you didn't get the hero having his big moment. You got the asshole that gets his laser eye. And he's like, fuck yeah, I got my laser eye. It's like, okay, that's funny. Because you kind of Better expect Better than a fireball. Better, well, yeah, pussy. You, you kind of expect <laughs> the, like, the standard hero, you know, hero's journey bullshit. But no, the bad guy gets the laser eye first. I enjoyed it, that. Everything that's wrong with, with the character Cole Young is the script's fault. He's this guy that used to be a champion. Now he sucks. It's like... This isn't how fighting works. Like, if he's been getting his butt kicked for the last six years, he's not going to be great again. He's This isn't like George Foreman knocking out a, out of shape Michael Moore. This doesn't happen. I'm uh, sorry. So you, you're going down the wrong path here. It just for the, doesn't. For the it's purposes of the movie, he has to get better, so it's fine. I do want to say, I did appreciate the sweep the leg montage as a reference <laughs> to Mortal Kombat 1, 
where it's like, hey, hey, remember you could do this like really cheap fucking thing? Yes, <laughs> Watch Liu Kang do it a couple times. And Liu Kang's sweep was deadly. Uh, when he jumps too early, yeah, it's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> he, he's great. And of course, as we mentioned, they're doing this to unlock these powers. Kano gets his laser eye. Uh, Cole's not able to unlock his. Sonya's not actually part of this because she doesn't have the dragon marking. Uh, Jax is asleep. Other <laughs> training because he has no hey, arms. Hey, are we gonna are we gonna talk about his arm development later in this? Well, or... we're gonna, we're gonna talk about yeah. it now because here come the baddies. As I said, Shang soon shows up and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna fight before the tournament." And Rain's like, "No, we can't do that." And he's like, "Oh, but we can." And he's like, "No, nah, man, it's not cool." So he like creates a electric field and then he's like, "Well, I'll come back." And he's like, "No, you won't." He's like, "Yeah, I will." <laughs> And then they sandbox threats. And then they convince Kano to change sides because who didn't see that coming? Because all they had to do was send down the cartoon character to convince him it was a good idea. Hey Kano, you wanna like uh switch sides? Fuck yeah, <laughs> let's switch sides. That sounds like a plan. Oh, okay, great. I'm gonna go tell uh I'm gonna go tell Shang. All you gotta do is take out that staff. Use your, <laughs> use your <laughs> fucking Cabal laser turn into Mario from the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He's, a, he's a wise guy. <laughs> I got a 401k. I got great dental benefits. You got to change sides. But you don't have any we, teeth. No, no, forget about that. Just listen to me here. It's great. <laughs> the fact that Cabal doesn't say, hey, I'm walking here. It's just kind of a, I, <laughs> a front. Bobby Big Speeds over here. Yeah, I got wheels. Yeah, don't don't worry about the heist is good. So I just enjoy the fact that you're introduced to Cabal and he's talking about how Kano is a piece of crap and he's the reason that he's wearing his iron lung thing. And yet then he just goes right to Kano and they're all buddy buddy. Like if Kano had done him that dirty, I, I could kind of assume Kano wouldn't trust him. Like, hey, like hey, hey, you, you don't like me. Why are you trying to help me out? I should be suspicious of this. But I mean, granted, yeah. uh, he's probably just trading his, you know, soul. The, uh, the immediate whatever. thing is, anyway. didn't I light you on fire? Didn't I stuff you in a dumpster? Yeah, I got out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Dean. It's Dean. The name's Dean Cabal. Uh, so you've got Raiko, Molina, Natara, Cabal. Goro later and they're all they're gonna cheat because that's what that's what guys do and if you're thinking they're gonna cheat and then the heroes learn a lesson and then we have Mortal Kombat no there is no Mortal Kombat okay, uh, we're hoping for Mortal yeah. Kombat. Uh, as someone who was hoping for Mortal Kombat in the Mortal Kombat movie I was a little annoyed that we were denied the fighting tournament Mortal Kombat listen there was combat and it was mortal, but it was yeah. not tournament style Mortal Kombat, which is movie number two is where we may yeah. get a tournament or not. Yeah, so you have this fight. They get their butts kicked. Um, I mean, you get a sick fatality. Natara gets ridden essentially like a surfboard, sort of like Jason Momoa in, in Justice League, except if Momoa had a hat that was a razor blade that he could have then cut the parademon in half, brain Perfect. first. Perfect. We haven't said enough about Kung Lao. Kung Lao does a good job of Kung Lao. He's awesome, but yes. it's also like yeah. he shows up and they're like, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm Hat Man. It's like, cool. Well, how do you know I'm Hat Man? Man? Well, we're friends. Yeah. I'm going to shove that sombrero so far up your ass. I'm Liu Kang's cousin. I'm going to do one cool thing and then die. But are they not really cousins, though? 
because he gets introduced as his cousin, but then he says that, uh, that when Liu Kang gives his backstory, it sounds like Liu Kang was an orphan. They're not. They're cousins in spirit. They're like family okay. because they <laughs> they grew up together. Uh, he took Liu Kang in to the temple. They trained together. Really, he's supposed to be an ancient descendant of Kung Lao, the original Kung Lao, Liu Kang. But of course, you know, minor things are changed. So they get in this big yeah. fight, and of course, <laughs> to uh, Mayor McChee's point, Jax, who has these tiny arms. <laughs> <laughs> he has these tiny like, metal arms. It's so bad. It's uh, so it's it's really little, weird. He's got little T Rex arms. He's Do those got, he's arms got... come in men's? <laughs> you know, remember, in, remember in Evil Dead where they have the army of skeletons? It's essentially tiny skeleton arms, and then all of a sudden it's not. It's Jack's arms because his <laughs> his Akuna Matata is growing metal arms. We we completely missed our our three stooges uh, yuck yuck scene with his arms. <laughs> Poking him in the eyes and slapping him in the head. <laughs> and calling Cole Mr. Goody Two Shoes. <laughs> yeah. It was really fortunate that Jax's arcana was to grow metal arms on top of his metal arms. <laughs> That's <laughs> bizarre. Really how, how? What if what if his arms never got ripped off? Would his regular arms get the mega uh, like Robo I feel, arms? I feel like he gets Goro arms. At that yes. point, he's human Goro with metal arms. Now, they just turn comically large. He's just got giant biceps. And he's... That's he his arms He turns into now. fucking Popeye? Yeah. He's got <laughs> giant forearms. <laughs> Smack somebody's head. Yeah. I like that there, his whole direction for the movie is, hey, grow and cut your mustache. Shave your head so you look exactly like a Vander Holyfield coming into this film. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. How much like a muscular Steve Harvey can you look? Oh, I can do that. <laughs> Survey, Survey says. <laughs> what is your arcana? Metal arms. No, we're sorry. Yeah. No, nobody said metal arms. We sorry. <laughs> we're looking for metal arms that are bigger than the metal arms that you currently yeah. possess. Yeah. Out out of the top one hundred people we surveyed, metal arms on top of metal arms was not in the top ten. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was pink wrist bracelets that somehow defucking feet everybody the instant you use them out of nowhere with no explanation yes yes she manifests her powers completely off screen we're of course talking about sony here but yes they also have this hero moment to get her akuta matata she just gets it off screen yeah and that comes after they get just destroyed by the outworld crew except for natara who's in two pieces and shang soon's like no, how am I going to ogle the vampire lady and say really <laughs> off-putting things? So then he sucks Kung Lao's soul. And again, it's like, holy shit, this is all happening at a rapid-fire pace. They go to just a... They were out of money, obviously. Where Wait are a we? minute. We're the void. And by the way, while he was sucking his soul, there was like a cut scene. They jump cut to... Uh, Cabal. It's Cabal. Lo, to Liu Kang trying to make his way back. But the entire time they jump cut back to uh, Cole, who has his MacGuffin now and powerful feet away from this and stands there the whole time. The entire time, Liu Kang is making his way back while Cole is just standing there going like this. There's so much standing around, and especially in the final fight, which we'll get to when we get there. But like... They're like, wait, where's that? Where did that character come from? Why are they just doing nothing? They're like frozen in time. They have no agency. 
Yeah. No, it's it's wild. And like, so he just kills this guy. This guy's like a major character. He just kills Kung Lao. And it's like, oh, so that's it. Like, this is one of my big problems with the movie. I love Mortal Kombat. And they treat a lot of these characters just like they're disposable trash. That's not yeah, and, really cool. Well, and to my point, this movie struggles with the stakes. Like, it's all over the place. People are dying. Stuff is happening. It doesn't have, like, a clear progression. Like, oh, something's coming. Like a tournament, maybe, where the stakes are increasing. Because, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a certain element to this. You'd have to say, like, is akin to a sports movie, like the Mighty Ducks or something, where you're building towards an event. This movie just has, like, people dying and things happening. Like, Like you said, at a breakneck pace. And it's kind of hard to figure out, like, hey, where where is this going exactly? Well, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, they lose this fight. Kung Lao's dead. Uh, and they're just sitting in a white negative space. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, what do you think we should do? There's no, like... Sorry, the director forgot what to do right now. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I believe that is... No, hold on. That is the visual representation of the director to say, hold on, I need to time out to figure out what I'm doing here. Uh, my wife asked me what we had to pick up from fucking Aldi later. Hold on. Uh, just white space. Uh, purgatory, okay, guys. Budget. Go to purgatory here real quick until I figure yeah. out what we're doing next. In, 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 in the theater, I actually looked at Uncle Beef and I was like, oh, this is the loading screen. In, <laughs> in every movie where you, you build, like obviously the good guy loses and he has to learn something. And then, like, so it's almost like they put the Arcana first instead of second when Outworld should have shown up, beat them up. They get saved, luckily, by Raiden doing the staff thing. Then they have to learn their powers. Then they win the fight. There's no natural progression because then they lose badly. And then they just immediately go back to fight them again. Hold on. Hold on. We completely skipped over that Cole completely goes Hal Jordan and quits the Mortal yeah. Kombat Corps. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just not good enough. I'm just going to go home and my family. Yeah. <laughs> As he's at home and they're getting attacked by Shang Tsung and his host of minions, Goro shows up and the useless guy who doesn't know how to defend himself because that's what they tell you. Like, you're all offense. You don't play any defense. His power is to give him something because he sucks at fighting. Yeah, they <laughs> essentially give I'm, him I'm... the upper body of Iron Man. Yeah, no, he, he gets Black Panther armor. He gets hit with it, and then he can, like... Yes. So I just enjoy the fact that, yeah, they did give us that hint, Thunderous Wizard, that he's not a balanced fighter. He needs defense. So they give him an offensive stick weapon and a defensive stick weapon, I guess. Again, not super clear. I'm just kind of assuming based on the visual cues the movie gets you. And, yeah, his upper body, it grows armor, yes. which seems weird because nobody else tends to get any physical things except for jacks everybody else just has like some sort of superpower like fireballs or laser eyes yeah by the way but anyway never stops I'm wearing the armor the just leg. stays it's not like it comes and goes like when he's like oh i gotta go to arby's and pick up a five pack no he's gotta wear it at all times now oh, <laughs> he, leaves. he can't live in a southern climate for <laughs> sure yeah that is fused to his flesh no but in the aesthetic of his like chest armor it looks like the suit of armor from Bram Stoker's Dracula. It looks like Gary Oldman spray painted gold out. Ah, there. It, it it is it is very indicative of muscles, and sinew, and whatnot. Yes, it, it's and it's so generic. I was just like, uh, the, I'll just say it now. I'm going to spoil the end of the movie. He should have just turned into Scorpion. 
hard. I could have just turned yes. it into Scorpion. And, no, that's hard to do when you've turned into Man Tanya for the entire first half of the movie. When you when you've got your powers. Uh, whatever he turned he turned into Manowar Exo Manowar as uh, far as I can tell. Yeah. So and here's the thing: you didn't spoil anything. We kind of glossed over the fact that there's there's a a oh. B plot in this film. Yeah. Where the the descendant of Hanzo Hisashi, who is Scorpion, is going to be the one to help Earthrealm win Mortal Kombat. And at one point in the film, Raiden just fucking looks at Cole and he's like. Yeah, so you're the descendant. And he has anyway. flashbacks throughout the movie. <laughs> he, has, he has flashbacks throughout the he movie. He doesn't really have flashbacks. He has weird fever dreams. Where Yeah, whatever. But w- doesn't it work so much better if he if he gives him the, the tip of the spear and just says, hey, this might come in handy? Because really this movie is all about finding a way to unlock your inner potential, not being told exactly how to do it. Yeah. I just... If, if he had turned into Scorpion in the moment, because he's having these flashes of the, the kunai, the the spear, the tip of the spear thing, and instead of turning into Scorpion, he just gets this weird gold armor. I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? Just the Yes. Why didn't he, like, do, like, his teleport punch by accident and, like, like flip to the other side oh, of somebody shit, and go, yeah. oh, my God. Worse. Like, that they, never happened. They just... Freaking ragdoll, poor Goro, out of the movie. <laughs> He's like, yeah. listen, I mean, he, he died CGI really monsters, good. <laughs> CGI monsters are expensive. You can have Goro for like four minutes tops. Yeah, no, but here's he's got lawyer prices. He's like, keep animating, or he can be dead. Here's the real problem: is that you have Goro, who clearly is a like trained killer and then you have Cole who just got his armor and literally has never won a single fight and he goes on to aggressively murder Goro. Yeah, so let's let's finish this plot up because after they have a meeting in the white space for approximately three, <laughs> three minutes and decide like, oh we know how to win now. We're they, just gonna fight him. Yeah, they then no, get. We, we can just fight better than. Yeah. <laughs> we can just. We... I, I, I to be honest. I've literally never seen a director call a timeout in a movie before like that. Uh, <laughs> straight up timeout. Hold on. He's at the ca- he's at but, the catering table as they're filming, and he's like, he timed out so hard. He's like, I I need to take a break. He's like, but put that also in the movie. It's all so absurd because this is like ten minutes later. And then they're like, all right, you're going to teleport here and you're going to go here. And everybody, and just send them there and I'll be there. Okay. It was just, they went to Burger Yeah. So, so then they have these fights. And of course, the fatalities <laughs> happen and they're awesome. Some of the fights are okay. Some are, there's way too many quick cuts. The camera's jumping around. It's, it's way too close cut. It really kind of pissed me off because most of these people are really trained. And it should have been awesome. But, anyways, all the bad guys lose. Surprise, surprise. And I will say, I was pleasantly surprised, again, by the Ryan Johnson-style subverting of expectations. We sort of got the generic girl-on-girl fight, but in the second round, they don't do that. And they send Sonya after Kano. I enjoyed that. I did, too. Uh, Can I make a point around that, uh, the girl-on-girl fight, where they... The entire movie, they kept teasing us a la Hot Tub Time Machine with the guy losing his arm, the pit. There there was like multiple scenes where they were fi- fighting over some board that was over some nondescript 
chasm below them. Yes, it could have been six inches fall or or like the Mariana Trench. They kept fighting over these boards. Was that intentional or was that not? I think yes. it was. It was a tease. Was I think tease. it was. That I mean. All right. well, the one set was clearly the pit. It was, I think it was yeah, Jax. Ryko and Jax was the pit. When Raiden used his magic, I can do whatever I want for the plot power. Yeah. Put me on the anyway. pit. I got to tell you, not Vinny, uh, not Nathan Jones's strongest work. Ah! Uh, that was... <laughs> uh, and then he gets his head smashed, uh, which I thought was really cool. But of course... Which was cool. All these guys lose, and then... Sub-Zero's like, ah, oh, shit, all my buddies are gone. So he kidnaps Cole's family. Yes, they are his family, not just people he's casually uh, associated with because nobody else wants to hang out with him. And... No, we, know that we know they're his family. We just don't know what family members because the ages don't make any sort of sense. Yeah, and then they go back to the MMA gym to <laughs> fight. And this is when he accidentally gra- he grabs the kunai because Sub Zero's trying to stab him with it, and that unlocks Scorpion. And again, the movie bookends itself very nicely because the first fight and the first scene with Scorpion and Sub Zero is incredible. The last fight and the last scene with Scorpion and Sub Zero is incredible. They win. I mean, they beat the shit out of Joe Taslim in this scene. <laughs> Except it's so annoying because there's points where Scorpion's losing, and the guy turns around and he's hacking at the ice again. It's like, no, no, solve the problem first. Then go back to the ice. Uh, yeah, that I, I was confused by that because to set the stage here, uh, as the Thunderous Wizard has just described, you've got Cole and Scorpion both fighting Sub-Zero, but you also have Cole's family frozen, very similar to the way that uh, uh, Scorpion's family was frozen back in feudal Japan. And so Cole stops mid-fight to go try to punch the ice to free them or something. Meanwhile, he probably should be helping Scorpion not get murdered. And again, this is another very clear callback. It's the wife and the young child about to be murdered. He should have fucking turned into Scorpion at that point. Yeah, this is essentially the scene where one cool fight is happening, and then you have Cole doing the Street Fighter beating up the car loading screen <laughs> next to him. Yeah, it's a bonus, bonus stage. stage. Bonus stage. Oh, bonus stage, sorry. <laughs> I, I know thematically it makes more sense for Lewis Tan's character to turn into Scorpion, but for the future of the series, who would you rather have as Scorpion? Lewis Tan or Hiroki Sonata? Hiroki I mean, Sonata. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Scorpion. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to get another Sub-Zero, right? So, well, of course, like, but that's... Have two scorpions? You, you have to. No, there's always been multiple Sub-Zeros. There's always been one Scorpion. But I think like this Cole character can f- be developed in a way that makes him a lot more interesting. Because, honestly, in this one, he's... He's our avatar, except he's <laughs> he cannot, jacked and he, he fights well. He can only go up. I'm not going to But he's you. supposed to be the straight man, you know, like he's the guy who is like, holy crap, what the hell's going on? You know, he's our portal into this new weird world. So I think that he has to be sort of uninteresting yeah. in this one. And I just love Sonata. And, you know, they win. Yay! Sequel tease. Double yay. I got to go find Johnny Cage. Who they gave the sweet belt buckle, so I was like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. The giant golden belt buckle. Um, So that's Mortal Kombat. Before we take a break, 
How many beers do you think are required to watch this movie? I know we made fun of it a lot. I'll just start. And my review was... I reviewed this for Wabam Entertainment. If you want to read that, go there. Um, Because I do think this movie has problems. But it is a lot of fun. And there is some cool fatalities. I'm giving it two enjoyment beers. One pain beer. Because there's a lot of plot. You just have to be like, I'm going to ignore that. Because I think somebody's going to get killed soon. And I'd like to see that. So two enjoyment, one pain. Uncle Beef, what do you think? I I give this a, a, a straight up four beers. I think it's, if you know what you're getting yourself into, it checks off a lot of the boxes. It's a good one. And, and I don't see a lot of people outside of fans going to this with those expectations. Yeah, four <laughs> out of five. Except for Thunderous Wizard's six-year-olds that went to the theater to I, see it. Yeah, Listen, I, I was those a Those people are in jail already. We, we've confirmed this. They, they've been arrested. The amount of nightmares going on in Arizona right now uh, have to be off the I just, you know, I just couldn't believe you know, it. We're like, awfully high and mighty here for kids of the 80s when like R-rated movies were marketed to children with toys and cartoons. Well, we have a different perspective now because when we were the kids, we were like, RoboCop toy? Fuck yeah! I need that. <laughs> Now we're the, now we're the parents are like, no, that's I can't get that. He shot a guy in the dick. No, I think you know? all kids should get way more I think kids should get RoboCop at three. They should get Showgirls right. at four, and then Jesus. when they're more mature at five, they can handle Starship Troopers. Okay, psychopath. Why don't you tell us how many beers this movie requires? Right way to rear your kids. I, I mean, you know, and then you start, and then you start with the Arnold movies. Um, no, I give this three enjoyment beers. Um, it Yeah, it bogs down in the middle a little bit, but for the most part, all the action pays off. It's got a lot of like neat nods or, I guess, light Easter eggs to the game. Um, it's very enjoyable. I will say this, though. I don't think I enjoyed it more than the first one. For whatever reason, this the fact that this movie is a little more serious just made my expectations higher for it. Whereas the first one was like just straight like cartoon camp and it made it easier to enjoy. I did like the violence. I did enjoy that they got the, the, the photorealistic fatalities. But yeah, there's just something about this that just didn't quite scratch that itch for me. I'll tell you what it, it's called. It's called member berries. So <laughs> yeah. Cap- Captain <laughs> Cash, how many beers? Yeah, I'm with Uncle Beef on this one. It's a four. It's all, it's all enjoyment. This is a fun time if you're willing to shut off your brain. Like, yeah, there there are plot problems, and when you think about it for half a second, there are parts of this that are really fucking dumb. But if you're just in it for a good time, you're going to be two hours in this thing. That's a beer every 30 minutes. Four beers, you're having a fine time. It's the perfect movie to watch with friends. Uh, I would say that. Like, people that you've played the game with, you'd have a great time. My wife was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Just get me more drinks. <laughs> okay, I will. of course I will. Uh, Mayor McCheese, how many beers? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same track. It's four enjoyment beers. Like I mentioned earlier, me and Uncle Beef Salt today, and I had three tall boys in the theater, and I, I nitpick it now because we're doing the pod, but during the time I'm like, this is great. You shut off your brain. It's a popcorn movie. You watch a bunch of murder, and you realize that like this is the video game you grew up with. This is the first like really violent video game that we had as kids and it 
could it have been better? Yeah, sure. Does it need to be? Yeah, we'll see what the next one brings. Who cares? Exactly. So that's going to take us into the break. Uh, we're going to hear from the newest addition to Wabam Entertainment, the Double Turn Podcast, my buddies, the J-Man and Boss Ross, who I was on their WrestleMania show not that long ago. We're going to take it. We're going to hear from them. Quick break. We'll be right back with some questions about this film. Finish him. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to the 107th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are talking Mortal Kombat. Um, I think we all agree that this movie is entertaining. Uh, we liked it to varying degrees. Like in my review, I basically talked about I was a little disappointed that it wasn't better than it was. Like I think it could have been a really special video game movie had it not gotten bogged down. And we talked about that during the plot. But where would you say this ranks in the pantheon of video game movies? And way back when, I believe Chumpzilla, myself, and Captain Cash did our top three video game movies. And so I would say this kicks out 95's Mortal Kombat. It's probably my second favorite video game movie. I think Sonic the Hedgehog would still be the best. But I think it's in my top three. It's definitely worth your time, and it's definitely a Mortal Kombat movie. If you love Mortal Kombat, you'll probably love most of this movie. Uh, McCheese, what do you think? Pantheon of video game movies. I mean, I'm drawing a blank because I wasn't on the podcast back then. Um, that, that It's tough. You have all those Resident Evil movies, which they're decent. They're definitely the same kind of popcorn flicks. This this ranks in my top three. Uh I know you guys did. I don't remember which which reiteration of Street Fighter it was, but I think I need to go rewatch that. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, don't, to be don't. fair, in a lot of ways, this movie is absolutely Mortal Kombat: The Legend of Cole Young. Yeah, I mean. Oh no, with not nearly enough Chris Klein. Yeah, if there I, were I, slightly more walking between the raindrops, this would have been a better film. I think where I'm drawing a blank is I don't like I in my recent brain I don't have a ton to compare it to but it's definitely up there. Like I had a lot of fun watching the movie. And I'm sure as you guys throw out your other recommendations I might chime in but I don't have a ton to compare it to right now. I'll be honest with you. All right, uh Chumpzilla. Walk through some raindrops and drop some knowledge. Yeah, I don't it's tough. Um I will say this, it is a very Mortal Kombat movie. Like again, there's tons of calls out or calls out to the games and like Easter eggs and whatever's. Um, you get a ton of characters in it, so I give them credit for that. It covered a lot of stuff, and most of it was pretty entertaining. I I think if they would have focused more on the fighting and kept it a little tighter, maybe if like a tournament was involved or something, it might have been a slightly better movie. Because honestly. <clears throat> The best template I could give a Mortal Kombat movie is Bloodsport. If they could, because because both 
Bloodsport, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter. Okay, it, it can get a little blurry there because you're all these like tournament-based uh, martial arts movies. But the way you handled the stuff in Bloodsport, I think you could do something similar in Mortal Kombat and it would work really well. Uh, as far as a video game movies, like, again, I'm not sure this is better than the original for pure entertainment value. So I, I guess I'm kind of, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. It is for sure because it's rated R, and that's the original's big sin is that they didn't have the balls yeah. to make it rated R. The wild yeah. thing I, is that if you watch the original, the character development is better, but there's also less characters. There's a lot of characters in here, and like it kind of sucks that you get to know a few of them, but the rest are just there to be there. They look cool. Yeah. The costumes are yeah. great. The stuff they do is great, but they're not, they don't feel like real people. They feel like, is this a, is this is a question later thunderous wizard, like who had the best character design? No, but okay. Well, I'm going to ask it now because for me, I, I really liked Kung Lao. I thought, Oh, he was, Kung he Lao looked, fucking nailed it. He looked, he like, it was the best like video game to screen transfer that i saw yeah, n- no talking it's cabal yeah it's cabal probably <laughs> yeah really yeah uh, if, if he doesn't talk at all it is a hundred percent yeah his character design was great <laughs> visually wise I, I granted that character was interesting looking but i don't know it, it, it was not shank soon i can tell you that no no he yeah he was generic like emperor he didn't bad look guy. like he was from mortal kombat <laughs> He looked like he was no. from some other, you know, ancient Chinese war movie. Like, he did not look like he was from Mortal Kombat. He didn't he look like the character. He came straight from the set of Mulan. His cape did look like draperies. Like, like 100%. I was like, who is this dude? They, they pulled it off a Persian guy's drapes. He, tra- he time-traveled from the set of Big Trouble onto this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, what the fuck do you think Shang Tsung is except Lopan? Exactly. Well, he is Lopan, but he didn't look like Lopan in this. No. He looked like the gilded general of the, you know, sh- you know, whatever dynasty. He like, did really look like he walked off the set of Mulan. Yeah, he, so... looked, he looked like the New York City bodega Lopan. Like, like at least give him like a full. <laughs> that is Lopan. What bodegas are you shopping at? Where a guy is dressed in all armor. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That actually, it seems pretty awesome. I would like to shop at that bodega. Uh, Captain Cash, Pantheon of video game movies. What do you think? All right, it goes like this. Number one is Rampage. Number two is Detective Pikachu. Number three is this movie edging out the previous number three, Sonic the Hedgehog. The last Starfighter. That doesn't count. I think that's fair. And we addressed this the last time, you idiot. That doesn't count. If it did, it'd be number one on everybody's list. Uh, that movie rules. Uncle Uncle Beefstick. You... However, <laughs> wait, wait, however, I do want to make a note. Number five is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, Cabal was in that movie too, and it was great, guys. It was hey, awesome. Guys, you don't even worry about it. Hey, the lowest this, point in Bob Hoskins' hey, life. life. But I know I, a guy. I, I know a guy. Who will use hooks. Yeah. Hey, I'm the sword guy. I'm plumbing here. You got a problem with Koopa? I got your back. I'm fast. I got swords. Uh, Not as good as the television show starring Captain Lou Albano as Mario. <laughs> oh, listen, there, there. That is that is peak Mario. It really is. That is that. That's a that's Do a legitimate. Mario. That is a deep dive. 
That is a deep dive into nerddom of the Mario TV. And they did, they did a rap. The whole theme song was like them rapping. You got Koopa, the Troopers, the Princess, and the others hanging with the brothers. You'll be hooked on the brothers. To the bridge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Beef. Uh, Pantheon of video game movies, Uncle Beef. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I may be biased here, but my, my number one was... The original Mortal Kombat, that's that's always, you know, held the candle for me. There's nothing there that did much. And, and this actually, I think, is better in a lot of ways. Like, if I can divorce my nostalgia from it, the, the this movie was more balanced, but it made nice nods to the original without being too obsessed with it. I think it was good. Loved it. I agree. This is, it, this is up there in terms of video game movies. So... Best fight of the film? Uh, oh, first seven minutes. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, no question. It's the I mean, first it, seven minutes. If yeah, you're going to biggest... pick that, if I mean, I'm going to go in an order where we can't pick someone else's. So if you're going to pick that, which is clearly the winner, I do like the kano Sonya fight. I liked it because she was very Rambo-esque. Well, and also they've been shitting on her the entire movie where they're like, oh, you don't have the mark, you can't participate which is horseshit she was an original character so let her have her time also she was a better fighter than cole so yep no <laughs> yeah for sure she was a better actor and a better fighter than cole she could have been the lead in this movie and i would have probably enjoyed it more than him literally putting his hands in his pockets and kicking rocks at the stadium going i don't know how to win yeah. never gonna live up to my expectations okay quick answer chumzilla best fight uh well I guess I would do the uh Liu Kang Kano fight then since the other two were taken because I really enjoyed the the leg sweep thing the, and just the training thing yeah, yeah, the training that was thing. good was yeah. I enjoyed that because yeah, yeah. it, it it was a good nod to the game and it it was it made sense in the movie you could have also taken the last Scorpion Sub Zero fight but now that's on the board for the last uh, you know that was pretty meh in my the, opinion after right. the first fight you're gonna anyway. take you're in timeout don't you dare dare blaspheme Hiroki Sonata or Joe Taslam ever again. Jimmy Haslam is a great sports yeah. team owner. Uh, Uncle Beef, best also, fight. Just for, for clarity's sake, Hiroyuki Yuki Hiroyuki Sonata. Okay. Be a dick about it. Hyundai, Hyundai makes a great Sonata. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. My favorite fight in the movie was 100% the three-way between Reptile and, oh no, four-way with Reptile, Sonya, Kano, and Cole. And Whatever. Cole. With, and Blank. <laughs> and Chris And that Klein. plank of wood. <laughs> so that, that was my favorite one because you, you got a lot of the Kano action in there and, and his development and his, well, not development, but his humor in there. And it was a good fight. The, the CGI, what little they had the budget for work there. But the, the best fight, fight me, I really enjoyed the uh, Kane, or not Cabal and uh, Liu Kang fight. It was just like the most entertaining for me and it worked well. They well, kept and it was, them in it, that, that that narrow like like the cave walls that allowed it to like minimize well, it, the ability for him to use his power too much. It was incredibly fast paced and in a way where 
you didn't lose track of it like some yeah. action movies nowadays. So you kind of understood what was happening. And like it, you know, it, it was a hitter. Like literally, it just kept going. I really liked the way they showed Cabal's, you know, abilities on the screen. Like his little dash attacks and stuff like that. Like it was different from all the other characters. Like I think some of their powers were kind of lame and generic. Yep. That one actually looked cool and worked well. And they shot that scene very well as well. Uh, my favorite fight of the film is its last fight. Because. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, it's. I mean, well, it's a good the, fight. The, the bits was when he shows up and the spear goes through the shoulder. That was the moment I geeked out the hardest. Like, that holy shit, pretty, yeah. here we go. And then the camera pans and there he is. And he says, get over here. And then they fight and he's got the, you know, he's got the katana and he, they just have, they have the most distinct and real feeling fighting styles in the movie. Fair. And they just go after it. Now their first fight is also good. And of course the fight in the village is incredible because it's just him slaughtering people. But I love the end of the movie. I mean, that would have hit so much harder if Cole wasn't there being an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that sort of detracts from it for sure. Yeah, because you, you I mean you have this awesome fight between Scorpio or Scorpion and Sub Zero, which is legitimately a callback to the original of all of Mortal Kombat, and they're doing it in an amazing way. At the same time, you keep getting cuts to Cole just boxing his wife out of ice. <laughs> and again, the stupid cuts are what really hurt this movie for me. And instead of it being incredibly awesome, it's like, why are they doing this? Like I mean, it's it's acceptable in the grand scheme of how this movie ends up coming across, but at the and, you know when we when we Monday morning quarterback it, it, don't don't put that in there. It's it's unnecessary. Yeah, I think that problem solved if Cole becomes Scorpion, and it's just a one on one fight, and he just frees his family at the end. But hey, I have a question about that get over here line, Thunderous Wizard. In your opinion, did they dub that different for the trailer versus the line in the movie? Because I feel like it had a different sound between the two. I thought it sounded... I mean, they... The silly thing they did with all this, especially Shang Tsung, where he literally is, like, auto-tuned the entire movie. And I'm like, ugh, no. Just let him talk. It gave him Uh, a weird echo effect. They put effects on all, like, on Sub-Zero's voice. You saw T-Pain in the uh, credits there. Yeah. But no, I think it was the exact same thing we've seen. Okay. Also, I just, I just thought they, they did something different they, with it. They shouldn't have spoiled it in the trailer. Because it's, no. be, it's the best moment of the movie. They yeah. shouldn't have spoiled uh, Goro in the trailer. Because if I didn't know a lot of these people were coming, those moments are like, oh my god. But they're, they're not, because they're spoiled. Okay, so best fight pretty organically transitions into best fatality. I this feel like... A, this should be across the This board. is unanimous. It's got to be the hat razor blade. It's Kung Lao. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be the fucking yeah. Kung Lao. It's got to be. Question. Next no, question. No, it was it was ripping Jax's arms off and then throwing him face first into a piece of rebar three stories down, and then he somehow survives. And his biggest concern wasn't his entire face and brain, but his arms. Yeah. Well, he got well, those no, nice I, tiny I, robot I, arms. So hold, he was hold, fine. Hold on. I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, correction officer beef supreme I, I have some thoughts on that too because one of the lines in this movie that bother me the most is when they are asking about Jax's condition i think it's cole and sonya's like oh yeah the ice cauterized his wounds i'm like yes. 
That's, that's, that's not, not how, that's that, not how that works. That's not how this works. Those words don't even actually that's, interact that's not, together. No, if that, that were the case, nobody would have ever died on Everest. I'm like, I'm just like, whatever. I mean, I'm willing to just like hand wave it away for this kind of movie, but I was just like, uh, did they not have anybody like like yeah, read we're, this we're, script? We're going we're <laughs> even once. We're, sk- we're skipping like a, this. Uh, we're skipping this the next question. Yeah, it's a it's a monk, not Sonia. The monk explains to her, or Liu Kang explains to her that the ice did Liu that. Kang? But, okay. Um, ne- next question. He does have literally number Johnny Five's arms until he God. gets his super arms. <laughs> like little baby T Rex. Yeah. So <laughs> he's trying to punch with him. He's like, oh, dang it, these arms don't work. I'm never going to uh, be able to make it. I, I'm like, I, yeah, because they, they're like, like that was some of the worst around. modern day CGI. That was literally like he was punching. Uh, What's his name's mustache from Justice League? It was such bad CGI. No, those, those were the, those were the mustache. I forgot, the C, I CGI mustache erasure of arms. Yeah. That was like, Henry Cavill's mustache instead of a punching bag he was swinging at because he was missing it by like meters. And then there's just Sonya Blade behind him going like, "You got this, Major. Come on, rock." Great Come on, Rock, you can do it. <laughs> uh, Should have been Come on, you fat. What you doing? Yeah. So as as we talked about in the in the plot, this movie heavily teases a sequel. Uh, so twofold. One, would you watch it? That could or be just dribbles. one. That could be one word. And two, if we get it, what character or concept would you like to see the most? So uh, we'll one. S- I- I would definitely want to. Wa- I-, I will watch any sequels that this movie makes because this is it- it's a perfect go to the theater with your buddies and have a couple beers maybe um as far as characters me and uncle beef were kind of talking about this before and um shang soon has a line in this where he says it towards the end where it's something remind me if i'm getting it wrong he says something like death is not the end there are other worlds so the, the there's an opportunity for all these characters to constantly come back from the looks of it but i mean what i would hundred percent want to see in the next movie is Baraka. That is my number one pick. That's a good pick. Uh Uncle Beef. Well, there are dark sides of the force. There's a pathway to many abilities that some consider unnatural. unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, yeah. That's exactly what that comment was at the end of the movie. Shang Tsung's uh, you know, saying nobody's completely dead so you can bring anyone back but person who i want to see most in the next one 100 percent is smoke because we know we're going to see noob Saibot. i'd already want to see him but it's smoke yeah i think that's also a good call i will say this like i know he said that but let's be honest do we want any of the dead characters aside from kano back uh i mean if you get if you if you I get the if you get the ninja version of reptile, I will take that. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think like cool. people want to like Melina is more of a like major character. But she was created in the lab, basically, so she can come back as many times as she wants. If she comes back, it won't be next movie. It'll be like two movies down the line in a weird way. It's got to well, be because if she's back, she's got a beef with Katana, who they haven't even introduced. Yeah, she she won't come back until Katana exists. Uh, Captain Cash. 
so the element that I want to see introduced is stage fatalities. They teased my dick real hard with a pit uppercut <laughs> fucking fatality, and I didn't get it. Three three times. We've counted three, me and Uncle Beef, in this movie that they could have done a pit fatality. They only won. I wasn't upset, but I wanted to see the pit. One was literally the pit. It was. They they even started at a tracking shot way back of a bunch of spikes yeah. and like skeletons on them. Raiden teleported them to the pit. I knew we weren't yes. getting it though because Nathan Jones weighs like three hundred and fifty pounds, and there's zero He's a chance. Big lad. You're getting him up. Even CGI <laughs> can't handle can that. <laughs> Chumzilla. Yes, I would watch the sequel, and the two characters that I would like to see. It's a one A and a one B. I want to see Cyrax and, yes, I'm going to see Ninja Reptile. Cyrax. Okay. I forgot about Cyrax. Would you have accepted Sector? Yes. One of the robot ninjas and reptile ninja. If you're going to get smoke, you're going to get... I mean, you're going to get the robots at some point, I would think. Uh, I would say, of course, yes. I think this movie was fun enough, and I think you can learn from the mistakes of this movie. I also think there's probably a two-hour mandate that kind of screwed with this movie being able to tell the narrative it wanted to tell in a way that was good for the narrative. Because I know Can there's I, a two-hour mandate. It's pretty obvious. Just jumping back, I, I thought about it for a second. Can I Can I have the character I want? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Kintaro. I, I, want, I want Tiger Goro in the next one. And Tiger I would... Goro. Yeah, I agree, because we've had Goro twice now. Um, I, would, I would take Kintaro. I think that would be awesome, because then you're like, oh, this is a more badass Shokan. Um, yeah. It's like a tiger Goro. Let's get him. I, I'd like to take mine back as well. Okay. Oh. I said smoke. I want Ermac. Ermac? Ermac. Deep pull. I, because I, I like his whole like shtick with the, with the souls and everything and his, his moves and abilities. That would be cool with the right CGI. Like, I, I feel like that'd be really nice. No, right on. And Ermac was done super dirty in Annihilation along with a host of other characters, and they need to be redeemed. My choice, yes, I'll see a sequel. That's, as I was kind of saying, I, I think this guy did a good enough job. It's his first movie. I think he's got a lot of talent. Let him go again. Let's see what we get. Um, Quan Chi, that's my guy. Always been my guy. In middle school, my, my AIM name was Quan Chi 68. That's a deep cut right there. <laughs> Wow. I like how you went 68, not 69, <laughs> like your mom is going to find out. Well, Yarmir Yager was on the Penguins at the time. Oh, Quan God, Chi here we go. 68. Jesus. So, uh, yeah, please bring us Quan Chi. Is it now oh, my Aaron God. Black 68? Now, he was in the web series, though, right? We have seen a... Well, he was on... He's. I don't. He was in the TV show. Yeah, I think that was yeah. a web series. The TV there show was a web it. series, but I, I don't remember. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, he's the best, dude. He's so cool. He's got the one of the coolest looks. Bring him on. And if I had a second choice, it'd be Aaron Black, which is a more recent character. But I love westerns, and I love Old West-type stuff. Having a gunslinger who's sort of like Roland Destain in Mortal Kombat is super cool. So that would be my second choice. But maybe right one day. Uh, now, this is an interesting question, because we all... Love the 1995 movie as well. 
Which character benefited the most from this movie, the 2021 version, and who was done way worse in this version? I'll just start. Who benefited the most from this version? Kano, 100%. Not even close. Uh, I also really like Liu Kang. Nothing against Robin Shao, but this felt like Liu Kang to me. I don't know. I really like that guy. I thought he was very good. And Kung Lao was really good too. He just needed more to his character instead of just showing up. Uh, but Kung Lao wasn't in yeah, Mortal Kombat no, 1. And he also wasn't in it. Way worse. I said I stated it in early on. I've talked about it throughout. Kerry Tagawa was a better Shang Tsung. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Chubsil, we'll start with you. Well, since you took Kano, I'm going to go with Sonya. Because I do appreciate they gave her more to do in this movie, and they made her pretty badass. And I do like the fact that they kind of uh, foreshadowed her final fight with Kano when they fight in the desert on their little trek from the airplane thing. So that was kind of cool. Um, who got done dirty? Hey, I thought Reptile got done dirty. I realize that might be not be the last time we see the character, but I thought it was kind of lame that just made him a generic lizard monster and not a ninja. Like I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of weak. But, but that's what he's kind of become in the video games. Interesting fact about the first movie: the reptile fight's not in the first, wasn't in the first movie. But when they test screened it, the audience said, "Well, you need more fights," and, and that's added it. the second best fight of the movie. So, yeah, uh, McCheese. When I, when everyone. When Reptile is not on screen, the audience should be asking, where is Reptile? I would like to see Reptile. I'm going to strongly disagree with Chumpzilla. I, I, I do agree with you, T-Dubs, that Kano is, I mean, he's the best improvement on this film. I will say that the character that got done dirty is Sonya Blade because they spend 60% of the movie just shitting on her. Like, oh, you're not good enough. You don't have the mark. And she goes sit in that corner and watch us train. And then all of a sudden she gets it by killing Kano. Like she was an original character. That's when it's actually called misogyny, the movie. Oh yeah. No, I mean, there's Mortal misogyny. There, there is some strong BS at play right there because again, she, she's, she's a strong character who pulls a lot of weight through the entire movie. And they just, they spend a lot of time dumping on her. You know, I think the biggest sin is that they give her her power off screen. Like that was a moment that character, in my opinion, had earned because they gave her so much screen time. I wouldn't Patronus. say it's the biggest sin. I would say the biggest sin is that they just shit on her for not having a well, birthmark. I, I actually think her character is really good in the movie. Yeah, they're trying to do something. I don't like that they're like, oh, you can't be here. I think that's sort of silly. Like, why can't she watch you? But I thought she was really awesome. And I actually like Jax too. And their connection felt cool to me. Like she didn't quit because she wanted to be respected by him. I liked all that. That That's character development that the villains could have really used. And they don't get. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, just my biggest gripe with the villains is that Outworld seemed pretty cool. And we just didn't get enough with it. Like there could have been more stuff instead of spending however long in purgatory. We should have spent more time on Outworld. Yeah, because loading screen Outworld just seems like a, a random hall at San Diego Comic Con where a bunch of guys are meeting up to discuss things. Like they just okay. go there and like, what are you up to? This is this is a Captain Cash question. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> yeah. So, who got done dirtiest by this film? 
given ever everything that everybody else has said, I'm gonna say Molina, because you Molina is just a random mook. You totally remove the interesting part from her, which is her whole thing with Kitana, and we just don't get that here. But we've kind of said it before; she's a clone, so maybe she can come back. Who fared the best? I will give it to Raiden, if for no other reason than I don't have to put up with fucking Christopher Lambert chuckling his way through fucking the apocalypse. <laughs> strong, strong disagree. Sorry. I think this movie is improved by Christopher Lambert. Yes, French Raiden. Yeah, I am I Raiden. Just, I'm not here for French Raiden. I'm sorry here for, for Earthrealm. <laughs> okay, hold on here. Thunder Wizard, I want to interrupt for a second. I want to ask the, the panel here a question. We get one of those shots on Outworld where it looks like they're all the peasants from Monty Python, like, collecting filth. What are they doing? What are all those people doing? They're just, like, like digging filth. in the ground underneath. Collecting. They're, like, they're probably yeah, mud. They're mud. This is an establishing shot of Outworld. I get it. They wanted some extras to give it some activity in life. What the hell is everybody doing? Just like on their hands and knees, like like digging through the dirt. Apparently dirt is currency. Slop collectors. They're generally mining for things. I don't really remember what. But I just expected to see a guy come up with a page behind him clocking coconuts together. They're, they're hoping to Christ they find material that can keep Sindel's hair that nice chalky white. This is where I'd actually disagree. I thought Outworld Otherwise was, they get beat. Outworld was incredibly generic. Yeah. It was, yeah. That's what, that's my why. But you like know. I was, I'm saying watery tarts handing out swords is no way to run a government. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so last up, Uncle Beef benefited the most. Who was worse? Yeah, so who benefited the most? I would say it's twofold. Uh, Scorpion for sure, uh, oh, especially twofold. if you're 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 looking back at the original, uh, where he was just a generic like mook haunted house antagonist. Yeah, and he was a slave to Shang Tsung. He had no yeah. personality. He, he, he literally was just there for special effects and uh, taglines. This one, they they paid homage and, and correctly build this towards the, the, the canon of the games. And then also the crafted fight scenes and, uh, all right, Cole sucks, but like the, the, the plot of the movie around him, I dig that. Sonya, again, same thing. She was like a one note nothing in the original Sonya was cool. Like I was, I, I felt like she, she was tough and she was interesting. Doug Sonya, uh, who was done dirty, easy. Shang Tsung, that guy was a is, was an animal cracker version of the original. Uh, it's it's tough to get behind him. Yeah, o, OG Shang Tsung makes this guy look like nothing. He, he's yeah. he's a waste. All right, and last question before our quiz. We've all played Mortal Kombat, some of us much more than others, but we've all played it because it is one of the games. Select your fighter. You've got one match. Which Mortal Kombat character do you choose? Chumpzilla, who do you go with? Scorpion. McCheese. Baraka. Okay. Uh, Uncle B. <laughs> Uncle B. <laughs> I like that Noob name. Noob Saibot. <laughs> Noob Saibot. 
Captain Cash. Uh, Scorpions, the first one I ever played ever. Okay, if I'm going original crew, Kano. Kano's my guy. I've I've I love Kano. But who do I ask for to be in the sequel? Quan Chi. That's the guy. That's the guy. Uh, so we're gonna do the get over here trivia challenge. It is a standard multiple choice format quiz. I have assembled a series of questions relating to this film as well as the history of Mortal Kombat. To chime in, you can either say Farts on Tarts or Toasty or Mortal Kombat or I'm going to shoot my spear. What about Flawless? Toasty. Toasty's in there. I gave you Toasty as an option. Toasty. So, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Number one, Mortal Kombat was almost never a thing. The team behind the game was tasked with making a video game version of a Van Damme film. When said film flopped, Jean-Claude backed out. What film was it? Was it A, Universal Soldier? Was it B, Lionheart? Was it C, Hard Target? Or was it D, Cyborg? Toasty! Toasty! Captain Cash. Hard target. Incorrect. Damn. Toasty. Uh, Chumpzilla. Cyborg. That is also incorrect. Finish oh him. Oh, my God. Uncle Beef. It was none of those. It was Bloodsport. Also incorrect. Okay, so what are my last options? Your last options option? are Universal Soldier or Lionheart. Lionheart. Incorrect. It's Universal Soldier. Soldier. I'm I love. Sorry, I, I love Lionheart. I oh, yeah, I used to own that on VHS. I really thought it was going to be Lionheart because at least I there's lo- a tournament style thing happening. I still, I actually still own Lionheart Digital. If you guys want to watch and do a pod on it, just let is me that know. where they fight in a pool? There's a pool. Yes, fight. they do yes. fight in a yes. pool. Yes, yes. I want to yes. watch yes. it. Yes, and you yes. know who that guy is? The pool fighter. Have no. you ever watched uh, Only the Strong? with Mark Dacascos, where he teaches capoeira. The pool yeah. fighter is the drug dealer that he capoeira fights. Oh. So. Is, that, is that like in The Perfect Weapon? Is that what that is? Uh, like no, it's Brazilian unpack, fighting. Right? Brazilian. No, no, no. I'm not going to lie to you. Lionheart's a great movie. It's great. It is. If you I just want to talk Lionheart. about it sometime, just call mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just call me, please. I put the money on Attila. Wrong bet. Uh, Wrong bet. <laughs> So it was Universal Soldier, uh, and he backed wow. out when that movie flopped. And here's a funny story. His uh, daughter, Bianca Bridget Van Damme, auditioned for the role of Melina in this movie. Aww. Yeah. Oh, before, wow. we get to, before we get to question number two. All right, let's go. So we're at zeros. Number two, Nitara, who I mentioned premiered in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, is a vampire. Much like Shang Tsung, she has to prey on the life of others in order to remain alive. She requires blood rather than souls for her life energy. What was the name of her fatality in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance? Was it A. Drain and Pain? Was it B. Feast of Blood? Was it C. Nothing but Neck? Or was it D. Bloody Mess? Son of a bitch, those are all so perfectly 90s. Uncle Beef. Uh, B. It is Feast of Blood. Now, here's the funny thing. 
Nothing but neck and bloody mess are also actual fatality names. Drain and pain is the one I made up personally. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Uncle Beef is I mean, now listen, winning. Wait, wait Drain and Pain, listen. isn't that an Anthony Mackie movie? <laughs> pain and Gain was uh, The Rock and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Anthony Mackie. And Anthony Mackie. And Anthony Mackie, yes. Midway produced, not just and Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> but also NBA Jam. So nothing but next. That fits. TW, next question. Let's go. Okay, number three. Hold on. Number three. Max Wang. That's Kung Lao. Spent Max his Wang is my porn star <laughs> Wait, name. Hold on. His name is Max Wang? Wang. Dr. Yeah, Al I didn't Cervix. get that until now. <laughs> H-U-A-N-G. Max Wang. I don't need to know his... No, <laughs> Next one. Oh, 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 I thought it was thrust dong worthy. Oh, gosh. that's cool. Anyways, that's, that's almost as good. Anyways, he spent his life training and working with the stunt team of a martial arts acting legend. Who was it? Was it A. Sammo Hung? Was it B. Donnie Yen? Was it C. Jackie Chan? Or was it D. Jet Li? I'm Toasty. Captain Cash chimed in first. No, no, it was definitely Chumpzilla time. No, first. I, I was no, definitely going to shoot. It was Holy Captain Cash. It was Jackie Chan. It was Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, correct. Chumpzilla, I'm on your side here. I thought you were in. <laughs> so we are tied one to one. Uh, I'm Uncle, winning. I'm tied for the lead. Uncle Beef and uh, Captain Cash tied. Number four, the cast often played Mortal Kombat on set, and this actor or actress was deigned the best of the bunch. Is it A, Makad Brooks? Is it B, Joe Taslam? Is it C, Ludi Lin? Or is it D, Josh Lawson? C. Uh, C. Uncle Beef. C. Incorrect. Shoot. Toasty. Captain Cash. A? Incorrect. Damn, I really thought it would be Makad. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. a letter from the alphabet. Cash. Uh, <laughs> Chumzilla. D. Incorrect, which means... <laughs> which means... McCheese, McCheese has gotten the correct answer by default. It's Joe Taslam, and wouldn't you, you know it... a barn burner here. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank yeah. you. Wouldn't you know it, his main is Sub-Zero. Apparently, he's like legit good at not only fighting, but at Mortal Kombat. Fighting games. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I'm impressed. So we are tied one to one to one. McCheese, Uncle Beef, Captain Cash, number five. Director Simon McCoy got his start in commercials, some of which were associated with popular IPs. Which of these popular franchises was not was not featured in one of his commercials? Is it A, Star Wars? Is it B, Sony PlayStation? Is it C, Halo? Or is it D, Gears of War? I want to see Mayor McCheese. I'm going to go with Halo. Incorrect. Tarts and farts. Chumzilla. Star Wars. Incorrect. Damn. Toasty. Uncle Beef. Gears of War. That is correct. It is not Damn. Gears of War. Uh, the Star Wars commercial he did as, uh, as a tie-in with Duracell, and that's apparently why he got this job. <laughs> 
They I, they saw his what? Star Wars Duracell commercial, which is a, is kids at a from those Duracell CMs. Wait, hold, hold on, stop! Did he do like the weird prosthetic suits, like from the, uh, the no, Duracell no. people commercials? No, it's kids <laughs> in a children's hospital, and they wind up like playing Star Wars because a girl gets a R two D two, and they give her the uh, batteries, and then it transforms into like an actual Star Wars scene. It's a really good commercial. I'll post it to the yeah. social, but I have seen that. I know yeah. exactly that's, what you're talking about. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a good commercial. It is. Captain Cash, I want to tell you this right now. Life uh, 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 works in mysterious ways. Finds a way. How? <laughs> you, you definitely. How? <laughs> okay, so we are now tied one to one to one. Well, no, 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 no. One to one to one to one. Oh, you have two. Oh, no. yeah, Beef's got yeah. two. Oh, okay. Beef Supreme is in the lead. Uh, Beef Supreme. We have two questions left. There's still, <laughs> there's still time uh, for the competitors. Number six, Bihan or Sub Zero was killed by Scorpion in the video game. He would later return as this character. Is it A. Sector B. Cyrax C. Smoke or D. Noob Cybot? Yeah. Okay, Uncle Beef. It's Noob Saibot. It is. Uh, Bihan made his debut as Noob Saibot in Mortal Kombat 2 as a secret character. And then he actually became a playable character in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. So I think this is it. I mean, you won. Oh, and can we all just, you know, make the, the joke? Because we got a nod in the movie. They made something about Ed Tobias. Yeah, they right. did. That yeah. was pretty good. Like one of, the, one of the fighters that uh, that Boone or whatever it beat, and then and then Noob Saibot is Tobias Boone, and Tobias Boone. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. In, in case you're counting Easter eggs, you get a Kotalcon on the wall yep. of Sonya's little board, yep. and uh, 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 Nightwolf. You get Nightwolf on the board, and you get this question number seven, perfect lead-in. The amulet Kano attempts to steal in Raiden's temple actually belongs to this character. Is That's it, your boy. Is it A, Quan Chi? Is it B, Shang yeah. Soon? Is it C, Shao Kahn? And by the way, uh, thank you, uh, Pages, for auto-correcting that to Shad Khan, owner of the Jaguars. <laughs> That's not, it's not what I typed. Shadi Khan? Uh, or D, Shanak? I'm going to shoot. Uh, Mary McCheese. It's Quan Chi. That's incorrect. What's Dusty? Captain Cash. Rock, paper, scissors? It's Chinook. It is Chinook. Uh, it is the amulet of Chinook that yes. Quan Chi happens to steal from him because he is a treacherous son of a gun. And, and he wears sex, men's sex leathers. Hence why he's the best. Um, it's one of the most potent and powerful of all the Mystic Talismans. And you can bet your bottom dollar, like the Infinity Gauntlet tease in Thor... If we get sequels to this movie, that talisman will have a role. Uh, oh, it's totally coming up. Yeah. The word talisman is one of the lamest words. It sucks. <laughs> There's, there needs to be a better word for talisman. That is a really Sorry. specific... Now, amulet sucks, too. It's right there with talisman. Mm. Neck and hey, neck. I will say Lame. this. I am shocked this movie was made for $55 million. I mean... Why? Because it seems high. Because it, it looks pretty good. I think it looks it looks pretty good, and the CGI on Goro is really solid. Yeah, which um, is why he was only there for three minutes. Which, which, they, which they, fair, they, they ran enough, through their budget enough. fairly quickly. Do me a favor. Do me a favor, and I'll post it to the social if I can. But if you've got HBO Max, watch yeah. the choreography of the movie. 
featurette, which is three minutes long, and you'll see how they did Goro. And it's literally two friggin' guys holding like sticks, like sw- swiping at, at, at Lewis Tan. It's crazy. That just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, only they had Hulk hands. A lot of work goes into this stuff. He did the entire movie. Oh. He tried. Sort of. He okay. Definitely tried. tried. Him and his sister bride. <laughs> they were giving their all. Him and his nope. sister wife. No. Nope. 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 His grandmother slash kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great, I'm pretty sure that was family his, dynamic there. I think that was his aunt and his stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, stepwife? <laughs> all right. That has brought us to the end of the quiz. Uncle Beef. Good news, you've won Goro's severed hand as well as one half of Nitara. You Which can surfboard half? on... Yeah, well, it was cut in half. I gave the other half to somebody right. else. I mean, it left or right. I feel like that matters. Eh. So, enjoy those things. Uh, and with that, we're going to take our second break. We're going to hear from our good buddies in beer at Hop Nation USA. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of our 107th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We talked Mortal Kombat. We liked it, mostly. And now we're going to do recommendations. Uh, I'll kick us off. My recommendation for the week is We Own the Night. It's on Netflix. It's a superbly badass martial arts film starring Joe Taslam, who played Bihan or or Sub-Zero in this movie, as well as Iko Uwe's who you may have seen in The Raid. He's the main character. Also, Joe Taslam is in The Raid number one. It pulls zero punches, and if you are faint of heart, might not be for you because it makes the violence of this film look like child's play. But if you like martial arts movies, I can't recommend it enough. Chumpsula, what do you have for us? Okay, I mentioned mentioned this podcast last week on our uh, Fight Club pod. I said uh, it reminded me of a Behind the Bastards episode covering this guy who basically converted his high school history class, or three of them apparently, into fascists over a course of five days. Now, the guy's name is Ron Jones, and his fake movement was called the Third Wave. And I believe if you go and find the Behind the Bastards podcast, anywhere you can find your finer podcasts, Uh, It's their February 11th episode, and it's really good, and it's very interesting because it covers how this guy started this kind of fake movement to teach his students about how normal Germans were drawn into the Nazi cause, and he thought this was the best way to uh, uh, teach them that lesson, and it ended up messing them up, and it got way out of control, and it's pretty wild, really, and the whole phenomena, again, I mentioned it on that pod, is taught in, in German high school. Like they have a whole section on this, like, and it's a thing. And there was a TV movie in the eighties. There was a German movie, like in the, I think the nineties after that. Anyway, so check it out behind the bastards. Their February 11th episode on the third wave experiment with the bastard Ron Jones. 
check it out. Okay, uh, McCheese. I'm going to continue my uh, documentary series, and currently I am watching This is a Robbery on Netflix, which is a story about... Yeah, a story about a robbery in Boston at a art gallery in 1990. And I'm only on episode one, but so far so good. I would uh, I'd recommend it. it. I mean, it's decent at, at least to start with, and we'll see where it goes. Is this the uh, Elizabeth what you call it gallery? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, at least the first episode is very interesting. Like the storytelling is at least do enough to enthrall me in which takes a lot considering i have a very short attention span there all right uh we'll go to our guest uncle beef yeah this may have already been recommended it's not terribly old but it's from the uh mid 2010s uh search party it's tremendous starring alia shakwa who is uh george michael's uh love interest slash cousin from uh arrested development it's a tremendous show it's really really dark humor and and then it goes into actually some tremendous television acting uh highly 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 recommended where where do you find that search party i think that's on fx uh, i'll yeah. double check that sounds right all right uh while he double checks we'll go to captain cash hbo max oh nice. damn it who's gonna so recommend I- DuckTales! Yes, on the I will always recommend DuckTales of the Expanse. Neither of which are HBO Max. But what is on HBO Max, I guess via, what do you call it, Uh, BBC, is called Ghosts. Where the conceit is this somewhat down-and-out couple inherit this old mansion which is populated by ghosts. But fortunately, it's not the sort of the weird, obnoxious conceit where they're all Victorian ghosts. There's like literally a caveman. There's a guy from World War II. There's a guy from Edwardian England, or a lady from Edwardian England. There's a lady from 1700s. And it just, it's a really fun conceit that I, I enjoyed. So that that basically wraps up our Mortal Kombat episode. Remember, you can find... The show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK on Twitter. You can find Captain Cash at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. McCheese can be found at at H-B-O-F McCheese on Twitter. And be sure to check out WabamEntertainment.com for all your fanboy awesome news reviews etc you can check out my mortal Kombat review there i'm also going to start doing weekly reviews for aew dynamite there which is wrestling and welcome our boys from the double turn podcast who just joined the network if you enjoy the show leave us a review on apple Podcasts. be sure to like share and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes in the end listeners this beer's good but we're almost out of it so We'll see you next week for the third entry in our Hops and Favorite Flop series with an epic Underverse misfire, The Chronicles of Riddick, and Chubzilla will be taking us to The Threshold. The Threshold. Take us to The Threshold. Threshold.